And there came a day, a day unlike... Wait, no, that's been done. Hmm. Who knows what evil lurks in... No, that is that other thing. What has yellow skin and rights? Ah, forget it. You're listening to Panelology. Excelsior, oh, damn it. Welcome to episode 108 of Panelology. I'm Alex. I'm Brian. And I'm Megan. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome. Thank you. How are you guys doing? Good. Pretty good. Yeah. It's nice. Last time you were on, I wasn't here, so it's good to see you again. <laughs> it is good to see you again. Or here, or, you know, however this is working. I mean, so. <laughs> I, I mean, I get to see you, but they won't, so yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Object permanence, Brian. Just Podcasting. because. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. It's okay. I'm still in pajamas. Nobody wants to see me, anyways. <laughs> Anybody know anything interesting? Have anything interesting go on this week, especially uh, comics related? Anything interesting comics related? No. No, me That's neither. Not. Okay. Read a bunch. No. Getting ready for that live show. Yeah, next week. Yeah, I'm excited. I am. Yeah, too. reading, reading even more than normal. Yeah. yeah. Am I allowed to ask questions, or are you guys keeping quiet on what you're doing for the live show? Uh. You can ask questions. We may not answer them. <laughs> Is it going to be like a normal episode or are you guys doing something special? We have each picked a trade that we wanted to make the others read that the others have not gotten around to reading. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be and, awesome. And okay. for the most part, they're, I don't want to say older, but they're like not in the last year or so. Yeah. Okay. Mine is something I've wanted to make Jen and Brian read since before we started doing this. Yeah. Nice. Okay. I'm excited and for I that. And I will say nothing about my opinions on it yet. Yeah. I'll save that for next week. I know you liked it. I know you well enough. Uh, <laughs> I'm confident in this. Uh, but yeah, that's the plan. We'll do that, and we'll take okay. some questions. We've already had some people send in some questions, and if anyone wants to send in questions, Ooh. they can go to panelologypodcast.com slash questions and send them there. Yeah. Or okay, you can come to the show and ask questions. That works, too. Yeah, but you're more likely to get them read if you send them in, yeah, just because that way we can go ahead and pre-plan. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, want to talk about comics? Yeah, we should do that. Cool. That's kind of what we do. Quicksilver, <laughs> No Surrender, number one. Yet another good book by Saladin Ahmed. Are there any not good books by Saladin Ahmed? No. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> um, yeah, this is like, when I say this is literally straight, like this is like you could read the end of Quicksilver in No Surrender mm-hmm. and then just turn to this book and start yeah. reading it because it picks up right where that yeah. stops. I think there was an editorial balloon that said, see, Quicksilver, No Surrender, yeah. and you could just go straight from that balloon to <laughs> yeah, there. There you go. Um, this is really cool, though. This is kind of a side of, Pietro, we haven't seen a lot of. Yeah, and by all rights, this book also should not work. You're kind of right. I'm not, it, certainly not as well as it does. Yeah, like this. The entire setup for this is basically Pietro is doing his thing in No, no Surrender, surrender right. and ends up stuck like outside of time with time not moving. Yeah, and kind of between time almost. Yeah, the entire issue is just his thoughts. Mm-hmm. And him thinking about, you know, uh, uh, 
looking back on his life and his history and who he is and and doing Pietro pranks and yeah yeah <laughs> it's also very pretty it is so pretty I haven't read uh, No Surrender so I was a little apprehensive to pick this up but it works so well and the art in it just like that's what I focused on more especially when it's um, what like five pages in and suddenly there's almost no color and the which adds just to the sense of loneliness i don't know it was beautiful and i loved it it was i really uh and this is what you were just mentioning everything that is quotes like stuck in time so basically almost everything but him is in like just lined so it's Mm -hmm. it's like this soft gray background you know no color and with just line work and it, you're right. It does. It makes him seem incredibly lonely, which is a, what a lot of this is about. Yeah. yeah. And the art is Eric Wynn on lines and Rico Rinzi on colors, just since we're okay. talking about it so much. Yeah. Uh, but no, this is... I've never been a big Quicksilver fan. Me either. And if this has probably been anyone else writing, I'm probably like, I don't need this. Or <laughs> a lot of other people writing, I'd have been like, I don't need this. I'll pass. But it is it is worth picking up. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I really, really enjoy, he talks at the beginning about, you know, he's always the fast, you know, he's not the fast man. He's the fastest man on earth, I think, is how they always mm-hmm. describe it, Quicksilver or whatever. Yes. But um, it, he talks about, be quote being fast yeah like the difference how, between closing distance and yeah operating at high speed yeah and, and like he compared i think to like flying and running right like yeah. flying you're just kind of up there you're removed from things and although you may be quote traveling faster um but it's, it's the difference between flying in a race car where you feel yeah. the car just the right. car shaking under its own weight and exactly. its own motion and every little thing it is. It's true. It's funny because it, 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 what it immediately made me think of is like in video games, if you play like a really large character that's mm-hmm. like tall and they're running, it seems like you're going really slow. Where if you play like mm-hmm. a really short character, like a dwarf or a gnome or something, it seems like you're just zooming around even though you're going at the same speed. Yeah. It feels, it, it, it's kind of that relativity thing. Yeah. And yeah, it was really cool. I like that. Yeah. He lost me a little bit on the whole uh, metaphor with rich but yeah. I was like, that wasn't necessary, except for that it was a really cool metaphor. But I was like, mm, I was understanding your logic, and now I've lost it. So that just seemed, that did seem kind of like a, a Petro thing to do, though. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> from what I do know of the character, yeah, yeah. I also I love that he took the time to mess with Magneto a little bit, even though yes. even though Marvel's been trying to move him and Wanda away from Magneto. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that I ever got the whole story on them not actually being his children. I'm not sure I know the whole thing either. Yeah. No pieces of it. But uh, it, regardless, obviously Magneto still had a big piece, yeah. part of his life <laughs> regard, in whatever right. form that way. But, um, and then right at, towards the you know, last couple of pages of this, we kind of get the what this is going to lead into more. Yeah. We for, see some Speed Force ghosts of Pietro. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. And how they may be doing things that were unintended or that he didn't know were ha- was happening in the background. Or, yeah. Yeah. Or between time or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And, and there's a- multiple ghosts implied, right? Yeah, like I he, assume each of those colored one. streaks was a different... Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'll definitely pick up number two. Uh, uh, Saladino has got me on board. <laughs> awesome. Hey, Megan, tell me about flavor. Um... 
so not a lot happens in this first issue, but for anybody that doesn't know, this was kind of advertised as like chefs are the highest celebrities, but also Hunger Games. And it's the book is about a younger chef. I mean, she's an adult. It's like a weird age, but she is not a registered chef. Like you have to go to school and get licensed and all these other things and lives in like a gated town. And they bring in her uncle to kind of be her supervisor because otherwise she gets in a lot of trouble. And that's kind of the gist of the whole first issue is just kind of setting up that like something's happened to her parents. They're both alive, but they can't cook anymore. So she needs a legal guardian to be able to keep her restaurant open. Um, but outside this town, there's definitely something sinister. And that's about all I can get from this first issue. <laughs> uh, this is Joe Keating writing, right? I believe so, yes. He wrote a book called Shudder that I haven't finished yet. I've been reading it in trade. But it is... I can see some similarities in what you're describing there. Um, but he does a good job of like weird, high-concept, fantasy, mystery, family drama type yeah. stuff. Yeah. I also love the dog. There's a dog that's like, I think, actually pedaling the bike. And then later she dresses, uh, their their landlord comes over. So she dresses a dog up in like a dress and a wig and is like underneath it talking and acting like an adult. And we're doing all these adult things. And they're just like, is that a dog in a wig? And I was like, <laughs> oh, well, I have a new favorite character. And that's great. <laughs> yeah. I meant to grab this one. I missed that it was coming out this week. I'm going to have to go back and pick it up. Yeah, I'm excited for it, especially when you throw in something sinister. And also, the uncle carries a knife that's like twice the size of him. And it's just the blade. Oh, so it's so. a uh, anime knife, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so you would say it was tasty? It was very tasty, Excellent. yes. Yes. I think she makes crepes, so that's even better. I do enjoy a good crepe. Indeed. Same. A nice, sweet, fruit-filled crepe. Or savory. Uh, I do savory crepes, I'm more, too. I'm more sweet crepes than I like savory. Both. I like I'm not both. a big sweet breakfast person, but I actually prefer my crepes sweet. Okay. Yeah. I know where I'm going for lunch now. <laughs> Mexican. No. Yes, exactly. Actually, in my neighborhood, yes. <laughs> Mexican crepes. Hmm. <laughs> I think that's called a quesadilla. That's what I was kind of what I was going. No, those are Mexican grilled cheese. That's oh. what we used to tell my son when we went to the Mexican. A Rangers burrito, roll. maybe. Is a burrito a crepe? Is a chimichanga a crepe, maybe? Suzette? Mm. Oh, mm. maybe. All right, we just keep. Okay, <laughs> uh, Captain America seven hundred two, take me away. <laughs> uh, we can to the future as a matter of fact. Um, this is uh, the second story. Um, this is. They've kind of taken a little turn with 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 the story that's going on, Captain America. It's not focusing directly on Cap right now. It's focusing on some descendant of his in the future, and uh, thing things in the future are very very different from any future we have seen in the Marvel universe really before. Yeah. Um, where essentially historians are like the most highly regarded profession. And each of them has a shard of the time stone, so they can... Correct. They can view back through and see what happened in historical situations. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, it's, like I said, kind of interesting. Um, there is obviously some sort of totalitarian-type regime that is now in place. Mm -hmm. um, 
Like everyone looks at this world as this almost sort of fifties leave it to beaver utopia, but it's got that dark dystopian streak. Yeah, it. definitely. It's got it's kind of got <laughs> that that nineteen eighty four ish overarching yeah. authority. That's yes, yeah. oppressive. Um, so. Is this the start of a new arc? Is this like a good jumping on place for Captain America? Uh, last issue would have last been. Last issue yeah. would have okay. been better. Seven, so 701, 702, 703 are an arc, and I actually think they're the end of Mark Wade's run. I, I think count. that's right, yeah. Okay. Because Ta-Nehisi Coates takes over soon. Yes. Okay. Um, but his, ca- uh, Steve Rogers' descendant, some descendant. Jack. We don't, yeah. Jack Rogers. But we don't know, I don't know exactly how far it is. It, uh, it probably says something like his yeah, great-grandfather, I think, was. It's like great or great-great. Something it's like that. It's three few. or four generations yeah. down, right? Um, he is one of these historians. And is, like, even as historians go, he is very, very highly regarded because of his ancestry, right? Uh, so uh, he is trying basically essentially what he's doing in this is trying to save his son like his son is um i guess everybody has in this future everybody has a variant of the super soldier serum in them that keeps them healthy and disease free and all of that right it doesn't give them special ability like super strength or endurance or the ultimate inoculation right yeah yes haven't we learned that if you're going to try to cure the humans of this like it always goes wrong well it might actually be a secret cree plot to brainwash everybody and use them as slaves mm-hmm. of course um but jack and by that we mean it is yeah so. <laughs> jack's son is immune to the serum he can't receive it so he's sick and he's okay. dying right and okay. in his investigation, trying to find out, you know, what might be, why his son is rejecting or whatever, he comes across this information that, yeah, this, it's this big Cree plot that, that people are in on. And so now the government is trying to hunt him down. And he finds out in this issue that uh, it may be Cap, once again, once again, that Cap isn't dead. Yeah. That he has been suspended in... A, yeah, like in the cosmic cube, in, in kind of inside the cosmic cube, right? Yeah, and uh, but he was because uh, what happened was in DC there was a big battle between Red Skull and Cap. Mm-hmm. Red Skull had basically Red Skull had a cosmic cube and basically defeated all the other heroes. He had trapped everyone in the U.S. inside of it, right? So Cap takes a shield and tries to smash it to release everyone. And the two mm-hmm. of them get sucked into it. Yeah. So the end of the, I guess we'll call spoilers at this point. But before we call spoilers, before we do, this issue has the single coolest location in Marvel Comics ever in it. Okay. An underground secret bar for these historians who can look back through time. Yeah. Just hanging out, trading stories about history. That is the nerdiest thing I've ever heard. Uh, and I yeah, kind of love it. Yeah, and and what's this bar called? Do you remember? No, the way back. Oh, that's right. Oh, <laughs> yes. And um, like the only way you can, there's like there's a, a, a touch panel code, but like the code okay. is never ever given out. The only way you can know what the code is to get into this place is to have one of the time shards as a historian and look at the panel to see who the person in front of you what the, what the numbers they touched. <laughs> Weird, but awesome. <laughs> I know, right? 
I'm a big fan of speakeasies. This is a very, very good That's exactly speakeasy. what yeah. this is. Yeah, that's exactly it, it's, it's, it's a time traveling cool. historian yeah. speakeasy. Yes. And so uh, I, I didn't when Cap and Red Skull fought and the, the you know they did the thing basically when they got sucked in it destroyed all of Washington D.C. as well. Yeah. So they built new D.C. like of course over the top yeah. of it, like new New York on Futurama. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and so um, yeah, so you can call spoilers. Spoilers now. now. Yeah. Um, there's somebody in the bar that tells him that Cap is still alive. And that he should seek him out. So he goes down into this old DC and finds essentially like the cosmic cube that, that you know, he believes Steve to be trapped in. And he's like, okay, I guess I'll free him. And he finds the shield and cracks it. And it's not Steve that comes out. Oh, shit. It's Red Skull. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oops. Did I do oh, that? Yeah. And that's where we end. So anyway, regard. This is a really, really good story. It's very different, um, but I like it. I like yeah. it a lot. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, Megan, how was the X Men Wedding Special? <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of surprised to find out that maybe you guys aren't on board with this wedding, and then I read the issue, and maybe nobody's on board with this wedding. Oh, then they're all right. Yeah. <laughs> So it is, it's three stories. Um, the first one is Kitty Pride kind of looking inside. She's talking about like all the men she's loved, um, all the men in her life, including her father and Logan, you know, that have had an influence. And uh, she's working at a bar, which I don't know if that's what she's actually doing these days. Um, I haven't been reading X. I was going to say, so, not uh, unless it's in the last six <laughs> issues or so. It's very, like, it was a little surprising to see her in this bar because, like, it even talks about her getting, becoming, you know, Dr. Pride and everything. Um, and then she starts seeing the ghosts of, like, her dad and Logan and uh, a guy she fell in love with back in, like, the 1930s. And one of her friends is like, you know, if you're not on board with this wedding, like we all understand. I think even Peter would understand too. And I was like, Oh shit. Okay. Um, yes. Yes. That. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it just kind of ends with her being surrounded. And I teared up, you know, cause Kitty Pride's had it rough. Um, and so that was the first story and is really only one that's kind of worth reading. Um, I don't remember. I'm looking really quick to see which one Chris Claremont actually wrote. Uh, it is the one that he wrote. Okay. Um, which explains why it's the only one in this fourth reading. Because the other two, it's uh, Peter's bachelor party and her bachelorette party. And they're both kind of whatever. Yeah. Um, Peter's seems to set up for another issue of X-Men Gold. And hers is uh, a strip karaoke place that I was kind of curious if it actually exists in New York. So. I think everything exists in New York. It probably does. I just need to find the appropriate channels to ask. So. Something, something, rule 34. <laughs> yeah, and then there's also, you know, mention of Rogue and Gambit being together and all that stuff. So, I don't know. This, the other two really aren't worth... I honestly thought it was one story and was kind of surprised when the issue was done. Um, but the Chris Claremont story is worth it, I think. Cool. Okay. Especially if it leads to them not getting married. That would be awesome. (laughs) Brian looks very happy about this. Frankly, I am too. (laughs) I I, I love, don't don't get me wrong, I love Kitty. 
My Colossus biggest, is a jerk. I, yeah, I just don't like Colossus. And I get that. Yeah. I do, because at first, I honestly didn't realize that's who she was marrying. I thought we were still talking about Star-Lord and had to take a moment to be like, I thought that ended. And nope, it's even worse. Okay. I was I was so. down for Star-Lord and Kitty. I'm yeah. far happier about that. Yeah. yeah. I get that one not working. Like, I'm not yeah. losing sleep over that not working, but I was more okay with it. Yeah. Oh. Uh, what about Los Vingadores, The Avengers number two? We all read this one, right? We did. Yeah. Fighting them big old celestials. Now, wait, was this Justice League or was this Avengers? Uh Uh-huh, (laughs) uh-huh. Like, I mean, I don't know how, like, they continue to do this. They continue to have big storylines that, like, completely coincide. Well, and Jason Aaron and Scott Snyder trolling Twitter. Yeah, that that doesn't help. It does not help. Well, I mean, maybe it does, but. (laughs) Who knows? It's entertaining, I'll give you that. Um. But uh, you know, you know the characters that I'm really liking in this Loki. Well, that too. But oh, I'm not like... even going to go into spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Loki's on page one of this. Is he? But you don't know it's him there. Okay, okay. it's a I'm green sorry. Asgardian we... <laughs> text box. <laughs> okay, but some of us aren't haven't read as many Avenger comics, and like when you see Loki, maybe you actually gasped and laughed out loud. Like, Alex? Maybe some of us did this. I would like to share some news with you. I realize you do not know this, so I'm going to share, share it with you now. There are many, many people out there who do not recognize characters by their speech bubble colors. <laughs> In my defense, the last issue also said, next issue, Loki. Okay, I, I get you, but I'm saying... <laughs> Okay, fair point. Maybe that is true. Maybe. <laughs> I, I like some of the smaller characters. I like Robbie Reyes. Robbie's I like cool. uh I, I like Jennifer in this one. Like I'm really digging the, the like the off and I don't want to call them off characters, but like not the main three. Yeah. How's that? I have a question yeah. for you, yeah. speaking of Jennifer. Okay. Is her talking in broken Hulk speech a product of the She Hulk Hulk run? Probably. Um in the it was in the She-Hulk one. I'm going to say yes because in the She-Hulk run, or the, it was Hulk, but yeah, yeah. Um, Hulk collected as yeah, She-Hulk. like like her Hulk was so out of control that it was it was the Gray Hulk, hmm. and like for the most part, it didn't speak at all. Okay. Yes. Interesting. So her being to this point because like the very end of that, her Hulk became green for her again. Which represented her having at least a little bit of control. Gotcha. Um, and my guess is this broken speech is like where she has gotten to. Cool. Because I like talk squish, but I'm used to She-Hulk being talky-talky. Oh, yeah. Like Same. just completely, yeah, normal. Yeah. Right. You know what really sold Robbie Reyes on me, by the way? What's that? Him on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah they did a real good in job. In general, that like that's yeah. that's where that character started clicking for me. And if you liked him on there, you'll still like him in this. He's very recognizable mm-hmm. from that. I didn't realize he is now in Agents of Shield. I really do need to catch. Well, him. he was in yeah. season four. Yeah, he's not a, like okay. a regular, but yeah, he, he's not around this season. He'll no. sh- he'll show up every once in a while. I bounced on Agents of Shield in mid, either end of season two, beginning of season three, somewhere in there, because it just. Yeah, that was. It the was around the time part. they were, yeah, waiting for Winter Soldier basically to yeah. start, and I've heard it's really, really picked up in the last two seasons. So I know I need to get back on it. Three to me is the hardest season to get through. Yeah. 
Do two, I have to watch three? Two has a lot of ups and downs, but it has Kyle MacLachlan to at least push it through. He really sells that season mm-hmm. for me. Once you get to four, four and five both tell shorter arcs okay. and they tell tighter stories, and they're more willing to shake up the status quo fairly regularly. Okay. I think four is stronger than five, but I like a lot of what the back half of five especially has done. Yeah, like right now. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. I'll get on board. But I agree. The the not secondary characters, but the the not the big three. Exactly. Right. Not the right. Avengers Trinity not, characters yeah, are the ones who I think make this. I think that's intentional. I think that's probably what Aaron's going, I agree. going I agree. to be going. Okay, I did have one question, though. And yes. I'm looking at the very last page like where Loki shows up. Right? Uh-huh. And specifically, I'm looking at this. Uh, at what, are, what are they called? What are the, the Celestials? The Dark Celestials? No. The, they're Celestials or the Dark Celestials the Lord, okay. or the First Host. Regardless, whoever that who. It, it, is that not exactly a Doctor Doom cowl that's on his head here? It is very Doctor Doom, <laughs> okay. but it's also that's what I felt too. It's also just I think generally very Kirby. Yeah, to okay. be fair, because and the reason <laughs> the reason I say that is because you see a lot of that kind of design in the Inhumans stuff lately, and in some of the more cosmic things that have been going on, mm-hmm. they've used a lot of those more hooded, cowled designs okay. for big. I mean, it's not Galactodoom. I get that. No. But... <laughs> right. Um, I did like of the big three. Like, I Tony's AI was laughing at him, which you know, just Tony talking. I don't know. Tony can always talk. It's great. He talks about being jealous. Um, but yeah, outside of that, like they're the rest of their moments are really forgettable, but I did like that. They were like, where's a weakness. My AI is laughing at you now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I do. I do. I I am enjoying this though. Very much. So I can't, I I, like, I'm really looking forward to kind of this I don't want to say I want to get past this because I'm enjoying this, but like I'm interested in seeing where it goes and where it settles down to, well, I guess. Is. And you know what I think my favorite issue of this so far is, is actually the free comic book day issue, which mm-hmm. we haven't talked about on the show. Did you read this? Part? I have not. I've got it, but I have not read it yet. Um, it actually is set before the first one and it's T'Challa and Odin oh, talking about Loki. The old or the current really? T'Challa and Odin. Like now, like now. Okay, I mean, yeah. old Odin is now Odin. Oh, right, That's I the same Odin. Right, right, I get you, but uh, you know yeah. what I'm saying. Like, it, is which time frame is T'Challa, it? not okay. the old okay. Black Panther. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is okay. Gotcha. T'Challa's yes. the person in this. I uh, understood. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. And it came out way more condescending than I've been into. I'm sorry. No, I know. I, I get what yeah. you're saying. Uh, and I, that's what I heard it as when you said yeah. it. But then I was like, that's what he meant, right? And yeah. That's why. I yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, but no, it is Odin. And T'Challa, mm-hmm. and essentially it is Odin imploring T'Challa, look, if you get a chance, will you please kill Loki? I can't bring myself to do it. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Poor Loki. Poor, poor Loki. I I know this definitely paints Loki as the villain, but I really, really want to see this be Loki is doing the thing it takes to win Something. at the, like, win for good at the end of the day. Again. Like, I want to see this be chaotic good Loki. Right. Which 
which is what he's been for like the last two or three times he's shown up. Yeah. And I right. really like that. <laughs> well, and each time it's a little different flavor. Like sometimes you get the more earnest version that's really trying hard. Mm-hmm. And this one I think is leaning more into, okay, I'm chaos. I'm going to play the role they want, but I still want to be the hero at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I definitely like it better than just old broody, grr, I'm evil and mustache twirling. Loki. Yeah. Yeah. Or curly horn twirling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All new Wolverine ended this week. Mm, yeah. It was both very good, and I'm sad that it's over. But it was very good, and I'm glad it got to end the way it wanted. It was really good. I really I really enjoyed like this old woman Laura story. I enjoyed it much more than I thought I would. Can we talk about best last... I mean, we don't have to hit the line, but best last line of a run? Oh. <sighs> I mean, punch right in the gut. Yeah, Thank pretty you. much. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, there was a, there was another ending line that I thought was really really good that we'll get to in the Superman book. Yeah. Actually, I was like, oh, that was a good final line. Um, but uh, this one, this one too. Oh, um, I really really did not think I would enjoy this old woman Laura story as much as I did. I. Had full faith in Tom Taylor, but on paper that idea would not necessarily have have flown for me. And you know what thing I think makes it? It's it's actually a happy future. It's not dystopian. You're right. I think that I think yeah. that does a lot, especially in this book. I think that does a lot to sell yeah. it. Yeah. And what ends up happening in this issue, especially, is that coalesces as metaphor for what he's been doing with his whole run for Laura, which is moving her beyond being. A weapon and a killer. Mm-hmm. Like the world is is the weather vane for how is Laura, and the world is good. I, I really dug. I really dug the heroes that they got to let out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that was Danny Cage, right? Hmm? Oh, that I totally read it as Danny. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. Because she in the future is Captain America. Is Captain America? Yep. And Thor would lose missing an eye. Yeah. <laughs> like old Grizzle Thor? Yes, that's great. Just kind of uh, grumpy, disheveled Miles. I, <laughs> I also love that he didn't go where, where like, the immediate easy thing to do was. Because there's a thing where, you know, she's, we've already talked about how she's going to confront Doctor Doom, who is the last supervillain on yeah. Earth, right? And he goes there, and he's, like, defeated or captured all of these other superheroes, et cetera, et cetera. And, of course, he's like, he's like, wait, you think you can take me down when others have tried? And he's, like, pointing to Mjolnir, which is sitting there, like, on the floor in front of him. And Laura goes, I, maybe I've changed more than you think. And she goes and tries to pick it up. She was like, wow, that would have been more impressive if it had worked. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like, and I love that moment because you really, really want it to be the case, but it's not. It's not Laura. And That's, it would be, yeah. it's not her, it's not, it's cheap even, and easy. Even good it Laura, works. it's not Laura, right? Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying, but I loved how they played that. That was, yeah. that was good. Yeah. I'm, I'm very happy with this. What did you think, Megan? I've only read like a handful of these issues. I need to go and actually get the rest of it and trade. Um. But as a closing issue, it really, really works. Uh, I enjoyed it, and it, it, made, it made me want to stop, like, kind of dragging my feet on reading the rest of it. You should stop dragging your feet on reading the rest of it. Stop dragging your feet on reading the rest of it. <laughs> I drag my feet on reading most superhero things. I get that. Uh-huh. Like, truly, I do. Even as someone who reads, like, most of what I read and talk about on the show is superhero stuff. 
That's partly because I prefer reading it in single issues to trades, and I prefer creator and stuff in trades, usually. Right. But, like, I get the fatigue. I get... I talked about this with Unstoppable Wasp, where, like, I was so just tired of the tone and dourness of, like, all the superhero books and all the infighting and all that when that came along. Right. I feel very similarly about this book. Yeah, This is different yeah. than a lot of other superhero books, yes. Yeah. I would agree with that. Not yeah, as different as Wasp was, but yeah. yeah. It's been on my list, and now seeing how it ends. So I'm, I'm okay knowing spoilers for some things, but I'm not as invested. So knowing how this ends actually is helping me want to go back and read it more. Awesome. I, I do also like yeah. that since Laura is there, she's Wolverine again, and she, she calls Gabby Honey Badger. Yes. Gabby is yes. now like, what, 28 or something? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I did like that. That was that was good. Yeah, such a good book. This is probably, I mean, this, not probably. This is one of my all-time favorite comic runs I've read. Yeah, I, I really, really okay. like this. Uh, let's talk about some event tie-ins. Hunt for Wolverine, Claws of a Killer, number one. Wolverine well, is, is missing, and this is the uh, oh, what is that book called? Right now, it's the Weapon X team, basically right. going to. Hunt him down. And there are zombies, question mark? Yeah, this... First of all, did Wolverine not pop up? Is he fine? Wolverine's been popping up. We know he's fine. They don't. It's a dramatic okay. irony thing. Okay. Because I'm only reading a couple of these. I need to go and sit down and read the entire run. But So this is the first one I was like, oh, Logan's good. Okay. That's yeah. good to know. Thing um, is, I think the Logan we see in this is probably not the real Logan. I have weird doubts about that. Oh gosh, it's like Logan two or something. Yeah. Now the the Logan who we see in the Infinity Countdown miniseries <laughs> that's the real Logan. I have no doubt of that. Okay. Um, but yeah, so what I thought was just like some kind of I guess it's a radium bomb or something. I don't know. It kills this entire town of what four hundred people? Yeah, under four hundred people. They go to find him, and they're zombies. And the zombies mess with their healing factors. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which is interesting, because I was trying to figure out if it was the zombies that did that, or if it's the fact that there's, like, leftover insert radium choice here. Um, Maybe a little of each. So. Little column A, little column B. But something is interfering with it, huh? Something yeah. is. Of the three that, the three miniseries that have come out so far, I think I like this one, at least as the first issues go, better than Weapon Same. Lost. Same. Um, Adamantium Agenda is my favorite of the three. Okay. And I think the main reason there is this is just a group of characters I don't care much about. I think if I were more invested in the characters, it would probably make a bigger difference for me. This is more of a right. horror book than the others are. So this is weapon. This is like Dokken and Sabretooth. It's Dokken and, and Sabretooth and Deathstrike. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I started this one the being like, people. okay, <laughs> yeah. whatever. And then the zombie bites his leg and I was like, oh shit, I am 100% in. Let's keep going. Yeah. Um... And it's Mariko Tamaki who's taking over writing X-23 mm -hmm. when it starts back up. Okay. Um, we've got one more miniseries starting this coming week that I am looking forward to that's a more traditional X-Men team, and it's written by Jim Zub. That's a mystery and... Mystery uh, and Madripoor. That's it. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, so I think I have high hopes for it. I'm really enjoying Adamantium Agenda. This one's cool. I'm hopeful that Weapon Lost picks up a little so bit in a second issue. Are these all coming together to one book, or are these just a bunch of like interacting miniseries for whatever reason? They've announced what I think is another one-shot for August that I imagine when those solicitations are out will probably... I will know if it's a one-shot or not. I think it's a one-shot. My guess is probably that's where it all comes together. Okay. Um, like a Hunt for Wolverine Omega type thing? Yeah, it's got its own weird different subtitle. But, right, but whatever, but you know yeah, what I, th- I think that's structurally probably what it's going to be. Okay. I don't know, the funny, the funny part of all this is like the most invested I am in Wolverine being back is in Infinity Countdown. So far. <laughs> um, and we've talked about it's not necessarily a return I'm super stoked for in the first place, so I may be a weird outlier here, but that's actually where I, I'm the most interested in him. Okay. I can understand that. Speaking of Infinity Countdown, we have Infinity Countdown Daredevil this week. Uh, Brian's sitting here because he's not reading any of these I'm not reading any of Oh, Infinity. you're not reading any of this? Okay. Nope. You're not even uh, reading Infinity Countdown, right? Nope. Okay. You're... You are wrong about that one. Okay, I, and I, I, I know we've I, at some about point it. I will go back yeah. and, and read this, but I just I, I can't do anything else right now. No, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> I get it. It's the what weird I, event that's actually fun and yeah. funny. And what I like about Infinity Countdown is that at the very end they at least list like here are all the issues coming out involving this, and here are, like it's kind of check marked on the ones that are out. Yeah. So if you pick up one at random. Then you could be like, oh, okay, I can go back and kind of catch up, and also be like, oh, you know, Black Widow's coming out soon. I'm all down for anything Black Widow. Oh, I'm so. I'm very into this Black that, Widow issue that's coming. I out. might pick that one up, even yeah. though I'm not reading all this. <laughs> I'm actually weirdly excited for the Darkhawk one. I read the preview of that. Yeah. That starts this week. Well, there was that Darkhawk one shot that came out a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. and it was really good. And I think this is the same writing team, at least. Okay. Yeah, they're really focusing in on Dark Hawk. It seems like yeah. that's the most of a run that's coming out. Yeah, and I think it makes sense because the Raptors are kind of the big, big bads for the Guardian ah, stuff right now. Okay. Um. Uh. Uh. Original Nova, not Sam Alexander. Uh. Yeah. Rich Rider. Okay. Rich Rider's brother has been brainwashed by the Raptors and is kind of their leader right now, and he's just discovered Rich is alive again and is struggling with that. So there's a lot of, like, Raptors stuff okay. tied into that event. But this is the Daredevil issue. Right. <laughs> Which we're I, dealing with the Mind Stone, am I right? Yes, the Mind Gem is in... Oh, what is the dude's name? He's not a character who I've ever heard of. Turk? Turk something. something. Uh, not Turk from Scrubs. I was going to say from Scrubs? That's Turk great! Turk Barrett. Not Christopher Turk. Turk Barrett, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think this may be the only Daredevil issue, um, although it certainly seems like there's going to be more. The hook in the beginning of this is he's walking into the courthouse and he sees something. And it's this stone that Turk Barrett has mounted into the Kingpin's old cane. And Matt's response to seeing something is, okay, well, something is definitely the fuck wrong here. I need to figure out what's (laughs) going on. Oh, I do really like the page where he sees the uh, the gem. It's uh, black and white. Yeah, so it's black and white. Oh, nice! With just the the stone standing out, 
But also, Turk looks like a 1970s, like, uh, kingpin. And so I was just like, this is great. It's, like, clearly present day, and yet this dude is dressing up like it's still the mid-1970s. And I love it. Nice. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed this. Um, I don't really know where it's going so much as just establishing this is where the gym is right now. Um, it's probably yeah. the most removed of any of these from what's going on in Infinity Countdown. Yeah, because the last one that I read with you guys, the, the, they ended up getting the stone. Drax has it. Yeah. This one, Daredevil's like, I know you have the stone. Bye-bye! And I was like, oh, well, okay. So either someone's going to help him out, or this is going longer than July. Oh, this is going longer than July. Okay. Infinity well, Countdown is five issues, then comes Infinity Wars, which is five issues. I mean, okay, so... So this countdown, year, yeah. yeah. This but I'm run- guessing this isn't going to get resolved in Countdown, then. No, count- I think what Countdown's going to end up being is bringing everything together okay. for some big confrontation in, in Infinity Wars. Okay. Um, they've teased the idea, I think, Infinity Countdown number two... Has someone has the dwarves of Nidvalheim or however it's said, uh, building an armor that you might read as being an infinity armor? Aha. Uh-huh. But yeah, Countdown, I think, is bringing everything together. And then, because it's, Duggan has said it's the second act, basically, of his story, where the Guardian stuff is Act One, this is Act Two. The third act will be the actual Infinity Wars event. Which is just really coincidental that they'd have a book called Infinity Wars coming out. Imagine that, yeah. Who who plants these things? I mean, they need to take it into consideration. It's all. It's it's. If I didn't know better, I think it's on purpose. Just like (laughs) that time, coincidentally, we had a Civil War event at the same time Civil War came out. It's crazy. No, and this is good. Yeah. Uh, the, well, the only thing is, you know, the Marvel marketing department hasn't like sent us something that completely tells what the story is and given it all away for us. So. That's, <laughs> that's true. This is fair. This they time. Do, do that, don't they? <sighs> Bless. We're not going to go there. We're going to be nice. <laughs> like, wow. like short. This, Who are you? Guy, I like that this guy is essentially a nobody. Like, yeah. Even Daredevil's like, oh, he's. Uh, nothing and like got one good shot on me not as daredevil and that was it and he even is like i sense that thug that i stabbed or like that homeless hobo guy that i stabbed at one point cut to turk barrett dressed as a santa claus stabbing matt murdoch bleed all over me in that along those same lines i love that turk is using this stone not he has the mind, the mind stone. He has the ability to implant thoughts and do whatever. He's using it to run basically a mid-level hustle, yes. where if you need to get off on charges, he'll go sit in the courtroom and implant a not guilty verdict. Wow. He's not thinking long or big term, and it is kind of wonderful. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you think about depending on who gets it, right? Yeah. That's he doesn't realize maybe what he's that's got. the biggest thing that he can come up with, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, this is this is clearly, and this is actually Duggan writing. Clearly, he doesn't read enough comic books. Is what? They, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Oh, what's next? Uh, how about the Superman special? Superman, the end of Tomasi and Gleason's run. 
And our return to Dinosaur Island. Okay, that's what I enjoyed the most, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, then going back to Dinosaur <laughs> Island. Um, I, So there's there's actually three stories in this. Mm-hmm. There's kind of the main first story, which is a bit longer. And then there's a couple of other stories. Um, This was actually pretty darn good. Yeah, I liked this one. Yeah. Um, I love the, the, the leg and the boot at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's good. Um, But yeah, I, I like, there was nothing about this. And here's the thing. It really wasn't like a feel-good story. No, I, I mean I thought so. I mean it was it was bittersweet. Oh, okay, fair enough. Are we talking about the first one? Yeah. Still? Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, in that, it, it, it what you want to happen happens, and that's kind of what I mean by yeah, yeah. But yeah, but there are definitely some, like you said, I guess some bittersweet to it, yeah. right? Um, but it was so. good good the way it did it. and maybe it was because of that yeah. bitter sweet it wasn't just soup soup it wasn't just saccharine. well it wasn't saccharine and like there at first Fair i enough. was worried about yeah. this yeah this this main story having the problems i've had a couple of times in this run where it just feels a little too warm fuzzy rah rah america uh-huh like the, I think the the simplest example of that is that two issue vacation uh, arc. The, yeah, that was the just Fourth of July. Literally reading inscriptions on monuments. Right. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. No. It was. It, it was, was pretty bad. bad. Yeah. Um, and the run overall, I've liked. Don't get me wrong, but there yeah. are a couple of issues that have felt that way, and this one I think keeps from feeling like that because it's not just the good and the pretty; it's the there's a lot more real to it. Yeah, know? it's the, yeah. okay, we have to get you used to being home again and having lost right. all this. Like, it's a little bit Captain America. It is. It, uh, yeah. it definitely gives you that feel. Yes. Like, this is almost your Superman Captain America team up. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> I really liked that uh, he's like, can you take me to a bridge just to kind of, like, stabilize himself? Um, and remembering that, you know, there are things that have been around for so long and... I don't know, there's a movie I watched recently that I'm totally blanking on where someone, like, slips through time and goes and looks at the Brooklyn Bridge and, like, it's also their kind of anchor into, like, it's survived this long, I'm going to be okay. Right, it it hasn't changed, yeah. 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 Um, But this is the one I was talking about has, like, so this is, like, the end of the Tomasi kind of run, and and the the final line is, uh, you know, he and Lois are going going to sleep that night, and uh, Lois says, you forgot to close, shut the door, Smallville. And he goes, consider it shut, Miss Lane. And, like, that's, you know. Yeah. As in, like. Case closed. Case, that's it. Consider yeah. this door shut. This is the end. Um, I was like, oh, that's a, good, that's a good final line. Oh, I totally didn't put that together, but that works. Yeah. This is also, when, when Superman comes back, it will be with a new number one. So this is, like, very much yeah, the yeah. end of a run. Yeah, this is yeah. the end of the Superman run. Yes. Um, I really dug. I liked the second story in here too. Jim I, will like the second story. Yes, good good boy. It's about the second story. Well, there's only one reason why Jim would like the second story. The second story I thought was all right. Like yeah. I liked it. I didn't love it. Yeah. I don't have any deep thoughts about it. I loved seeing Kari Andrews draw that third story. I love his stuff, and I want to see him do more DC work. He hasn't yeah. done a whole lot of DC work that I've ever read. Especially as like Superman. That was a yeah. really, really different look that was kind of cool. It kind of threw me back to like a 40s or mm-hmm. uh, style. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he's so versatile because think about the art in here, mm-hmm. but think about those action covers he's been doing that are painted. Yeah. Like, he 
he can do a lot of different stuff, yeah. and I'd love to see him do because he's done some Marvel. He did a great Iron Fist run. I I would tell DC like anytime they want to do like an old story that was like is supposed to be Superman from the forties or whatever, mm-hmm. like get Gardy to do this because yeah. that's a great great look. Uh, and I really like the. I, I'm always a sucker for this kind of Superman story that is the villain being better. Mm-hmm. And I like this take on it that is the villain being better, but also still not having any love for Superman. <laughs> nope. Like yeah. like having real feeling. Like you may be trying, but there's like still a lot you're gonna feel that's not the the all good stuff. Yeah. All, like all, being a being a hero stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, like there's like- a reason they were a villain at one point. Yeah. Right. Superman is heroic and Superman strives to be the best and I don't need him to not be that but seeing characters in the world around him not be that mm-hmm. makes it elevates him whenever it happens it makes him more interesting in his reactions to them and kind of resenting him for being that in some ways yeah, yeah. I might have liked that third story the it best. was really good it was I like good. that it says not the end at the end of it yeah yeah I feel like two of the stories both ended with uh, this one had not the end, and the first one I think ended with never, never the end. Never the end, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, that's right. New Challengers number one. <laughs> so this is, uh, this is the new, the new, Challenger, new Challenger, but, yeah. but it's Challengers of the Unknown, right? Yes. Specifically, right. Um, and uh, this. Thank <laughs> uh, you were you were mentioning that you were like, should I know these characters? Is this something? <laughs> You know, I like, am I missing because I don't know a lot of, right. No, and the answer is no. These are, <laughs> as far as I know, all new characters that have never shown up anywhere. Well, and I want to, I actually want to ask a couple of questions here too, because I'm, I know the new challengers mostly by way of DC, the new frontier. Okay. The Darwin Cook. Yep. Story. And I recognize these are not any of those same characters. No. Did there... And we've seen Challengers Mountain show up in Metal recently and all of that. Did their organization exist in this formulation before? Because my understanding was always they were more like an unpowered version of the Fantastic Four. Um, so I think, and, and this part of this is part of this answer is I'm not 100% certain because sure. if it transformed into this, which I think it kind of did in that they were leaning towards this, it was in the years that I was not reading. Comics. Okay. So if it did, it was a more contemporary thing. Correct. The original challengers, which were, God, I think Brave and Bold is where challengers first showed up. I think you're right. Um, and yeah, they were just a team of think think more like Johnny Quest. Yeah, like yeah. they were just they were there was no superpowers or anything. They were just high adventure yeah type people, okay. and they went to to resolve these issues, or you know they would end up on things like Dinosaur Island, like crazy yeah. places. I know there was. At the beginning of the New 52, there was a book called DC Universe Presents. Or maybe it was just DC Presents. And I know there was a Challenger's story in that. Mm-hmm. I don't think I read it. But maybe that's where it happened. That Because that's definitely the most recent Challenger okay. stuff before Snyder started bringing them back in in metal. Okay. Uh, which this clearly ties into, too. So, yeah, I will say, so regardless of whether it was this way before or not, the what they're the idea that they're positing in this one is that uh, the Challengers is an organization mm-hmm. and has always recruited people to be members of the Challengers to do these you know fantastic things, but it changes. Uh, fantastic is that what you were? Okay. I was I was actually going to say 
but now they're dead people. <laughs> yeah, I was getting I was getting there. Um, but the difference is, um, yeah, they have a limited amount of time. So when certain people are dying, basically being killed, right, they're about to die, they kind of get pulled into whatever this, like, almost like teleported yeah. here. To I mean, this I thing. don't read this as pulled from the moment that they're dead. Like they I die. Read it as, they are the dead. moment yeah. they die, kind of. Yeah. Right, yeah. Whatever, however you want to read it. Yeah. Like, it's not like right before they die. Yeah, you're right. They are yeah. dead. They uh, The moment they get killed, they're pulled Schrodinger's here. Mountain. There you go. <laughs> um, they are dead and not dead, right? Um, and they get this tattoo. And as long as they're in the mountain, they're fine, right? Yeah. But every time they leave and go outside of the mountain, this tattoo of an hourglass, like the time that they have left starts getting eaten away. Yeah. And so there's a limited amount of time that they will have. And as the team members fade out or, you know, get, either get killed or their time runs out or whatever happens, they're replaced by others. Yeah. And there's this holographic hall of memories that have like all of the members of the challengers that have come before. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this issue is very setup heavy which it needs to be you need to understand the rules i think for this for it to make sense i'm very interested by this i am too this was what's really shocking to me is that this is the one that they chose to go in knowing it was a limited series of all the stuff coming out yeah this is yeah this is limited like this only has God, I can't remember. Uh, they only have four, a fixed amount of four time. Four or six issues. Yeah, yeah. They only have a fixed amount of time. It's either like four or six issues, I think. Um, hmm. Something like that. I don't think I realized that. And I don't think I did either. Yeah, uh, like that shocked me because like this has a lot. First of all, it's got a lot of history. Yeah. Second of all, it's got a lot. This has a lot of cool potential. Yeah. yeah, and maybe that's what they're setting this up as. As eat, maybe it's like a four issue thing, and that's this team. Yeah, and then if they want to do more, then you know that's a new team that does yeah. something else. That could well be. Well, and there's nothing that says that as the new Justice stuff starts to spin out, that they won't be a part of that, because clearly Snyder's involved with this, and they're tied to stuff that happened in Metal, at least by virtue of having been a major presence in Metal. Yeah. It certainly would make sense to me that he's got some kind of plans for them to what plans for them for what he's got going forward. I just hope that they're around long enough that we can form some kind of bond. Because like part of me, my biggest issue was I had no idea who anybody was and I didn't feel the need to care. I felt that way about most of them. I kind of care about the main girl because we got more time with her. Yes. Yes. Like I I get the feeling she's going to be super important. But outside of that, I was like, I can take or leave the rest of you guys. Well, one of the things I think is the potential, and that's why I said I think this book has a lot of potential, is you can have a character that, you know, maybe one of them ends up staying in the mountain more and is a more consistent, longer term type character, or at least, you know, for a few teams. Mm-hmm. And then you could have this different dynamic where it's not always the, you know, a whole new team. It's this mix and match thing yeah. that could be kind of cool. Do we have any belief that we should feel like we should recognize the person pulling the strings for the challengers? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And the reason I don't know is kind of what I was saying is I I don't know kind of what happened in between before this. this? Because he certainly seems, we talked, I think before we were recording, we talked about how one of the members refuses to have his real name said out loud. So I assume that's going to be someone. 
But I kind of get the feeling structurally like who the professor is should also matter. But maybe that's just... Maybe so. Maybe so. And by the way, it's six. It's a six Six issue. Six issue is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Six is better than four, given that this issue is a lot of intro. Yeah. Uh, Walk through hell, Brian. Oh, wow. Okay. So this is a new Aftershock book. From uh, Garth Ennis is the uh, writer for this. I'm going to pull it up Ooh. here. Uh, yeah, exactly. And um, uh, Garth Ennis and Goran uh, Suzuka. Yeah, something close. I have never heard his name. So he did. He did. Uh, Who is he's t- he's credited as co-creator and artist. Yeah. So yeah, he did work on Why the Last Man. He did when Cliff Chang needed backup on uh, Wonder Woman. Okay. He did some Wonder Woman with Brian. I can easily see that. I can easily see his style fitting in with Cliff Chang's quite well. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, I guess I'll start there with the art. The art in this is gorgeous. The colors are very pretty. (laughs) So I showed Alex what is this incredibly shocking scene. And, like, the first thing Alex goes is, wow, that coloring is really cool. And I'm like, (laughs) you are totally missing. Like, what is this like? Because, like, literally it's the second page of this book. And I turned it and I was like, oh, oh, my gosh. I was not expecting that. Brian's part was them shooting a baby. It was. (laughs) Yeah. Like. So and that's why I said I don't consider the spoilers. It's the first book yeah. and it's the second page of the book. It's so it's the inciting yeah. incident. Yeah. Like this man and his wife are walking through a mall at Christmas. Man and a woman had a little baby. There you go. <laughs> yes, they three. did. Three in the family. There were three in the family. <laughs> um, For a page. So I it was I like this. I'll share this with you though. So I was telling Alex this. I was like, Yeah, this guy and, and his wife are with their baby are walking through a mall at Christmas. He was like, Oh, that's the walk. In hell, is <laughs> go to a mall at Christmas. <laughs> it is, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so, it is. Um, but they're going and they're just having this conversation about you know whatever, and then all of a sudden, like you turn the page and you see this guy with a gun stick the gun like right in front of the baby and pull the trigger and kill the baby and the mom. Mm. Like that's it's like oh I, that was not what I was expecting. And this guy is in complete and total shock, and you know it goes from there, but. The story, as as you move on from there, is there's a long, like, Twitter conversation that you read that's just, uh, you know, like, exactly the kind of thing that would happen, and it's pretty horrible. and uh, Literally then, Twitter right now. Yeah. And then you move on to um, this FBI agent and her partner, and they're you know, going to deal, they're, they're obviously talking about a case and this thing, and they're talking about how this guy that did this in this mall was somebody that they had interviewed as a witness for something else. So like, and they're like, wow, he didn't seem like the type that would do this or anything. Um, and then it moves on to like, they're working with another two people on this, some case that involves, you know, these two criminal names that we don't know about. Um, and they find out, as they're going on that the other two agents went into this warehouse like six or eight hours ago and nobody has heard from them. And so like they called the police for backup and the police are like, well, we, yeah, we haven't really gone in yet. And they're like, why the hell haven't you gone in to find out what's going on with these people? And they find out that the SWAT team did go in and then like 30 seconds later came back out and went and got in the car and haven't come out of the car, the van since. (laughs) Yeah, like that's just, uh, th- this whole thing feels really, really odd. Like you know, there's something not right. Um, 
and so that the, the it kind of ends with the two agents going into the warehouse to find out what's going on, and the cop who was kind of watching and noticed that the other two agents had gone in earlier and had been there the whole time and like knew that something was not right, but hadn't done anything himself uh, is like, no, no, don't let him go in. Don't let him go in. And that's kind of where it ends. Hmm. I mean, there's a couple of things that happen. Another big shocking thing that happens. Uh, but like, this is really, really good and not what I was expecting coming into this, but cool. I like it a lot. Cool. I like it a lot. I really like the the main character. She feels very, very real. Nice. Yeah. It's time for Is It Still Good? It's time for It's Still Good. Hey, Brian. <laughs> yes. Jimmy's Bastards, number eight. Ooh, this is uh, next to the last issue. And uh, we get something that if you've been paying attention this whole time, should not come as a shock. But uh, it does to the characters, I think. Really good. Hey, Brian, mm-hmm. Ether, the Copper Golems, number one. This is the new arc. New st- kind of restarted over with number one. It's the new arc for Ether, which is uh, Boondias, who is a person from our world who goes into the world of magic. I need and to get uses, this straight. I remember loving the first issue. Yeah, using, uses science to kind of explain what's going on with magic and that kind of stuff. So he's very highly regarded there. And these copper golems have been punching through into our world and causing problems. So we find out that there's an organization who wants him, who's going to like supply him with all the things that he needs to go do this investigation. And we get a really uh, kind of touching, heartbreaking information about this organization, who he's dealing with and all that. But it's still so good. So good. Aquaman number 36. Aquaman and Merc learn that there's always a bigger fish. (laughs) Batman 47, Brian. Uh Uh, Booster does his best Lady Macbeth impression. Batwoman number 15. Uh, Kate echolocates. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Brave and the Bold, Batman and Wonder Woman number four, Brian. Um, Batman and Diana continue to investigate the murder and talk with... Uh, the deceased's wife and find out that there's definitely something more than what appears going on. Cave Carson has an interstellar eye number three. We learn the real dangers of midichlorians. <laughs> Deathbed number four. Uh, Luna relives his life and learns that maybe... It isn't everything he's been saying it is. Future Quest presents number 10, Brian. Um, Dorna finds out if you sacrifice everything, maybe you can become a god. Green Lantern's number 47, Brian. Simon and Jessica learn one of the reasons why Hal does make them charge their rings together. Justice League, no justice, number two. We meet someone who maybe speaks for the trees. Okay. You didn't what? read this, did you? No, no. I didn't. Okay, I mean, I get it. I just, okay. It sounds like Lorax, if you... I'm, I'm with you. Okay. Uh, barrier number three, Brian. I, I could say what they said in this issue, which is... Uh, this is actually kind of, there was no words in this issue. 
It was completely no dialogue. Silent. Yeah. That's but really cool. It, it, actually, it was. It was, it was yeah. a very good, good story. And you didn't miss anything because you don't speak Spanish. I didn't miss anything because I don't <laughs> speak Spanish. Gideon Falls, number three, Brian. Ooh. Um, the father begins to make contact with some people who may know what's going on. And um, the, our, our main character's doctor comes to him with a confession. Kick-ass, number four, Brian. Oh, oh that's good. Um, I'm really, I'm going to stop for just a second. I'm really, really enjoying this new run. Like, yeah, I want this trade when it comes out. Please do. Please do. Um, so, uh, Kick-Ass, um, manages to find a way out of the situation she's stuck in and has to explain, find a way to explain all her injuries. Rat Queens, number nine, Brian. The best use of... Cthulhu creatures in preserving all of creation. Mmm, elder beast jelly. <laughs> Wickdiv, number 36, Brian. <gasps> okay, uh, I'm also going to break format real quick on this one. If you have the chance to read this in a digital version, read it digitally and there's a specific reason for that because when you read digitally right as you turn the pages there's one page and it's like that whole page gets replaced by another page and there's a section in here where that is really really powerful we see every instance of Ananke killing Persephone and then we find out why Ball has done what he has done Punisher number 224. Frank receives his welcome back home. And it is every bit as excited as you would expect it to be, given that he did work for Evil Steve during Secret Empire. X-Men Red number 4. Cassandra Nova's, Nova's added again, and that means a new kind of Sentinel. You know what else this book has, Alex? Brian's quote of the week. Quote, quote. Um, yeah, there were actually three contenders in this book, so this is, I should tell you something. But uh, I think the one that I definitely have to go with is uh, the, the X-Men Red Team ends up uh, kind of transferring to Atlantis, or at least a offshoot of Atlantis, a ruin of Atlantis. And... Um, yeah, they're talking to Namor, who is in his little speedo, you know, Namor suit and everything. And she's like, "Oh, stop that! You're a king, and you're uh, you're also a mutant. Besides, we need you with us." And then Laura goes, "We need something else from you." And what is that? And Gabby goes, "We need you to put on some damn clothes." <laughs> <laughs> this is entire an entire book about making Namor wear clothes, and it makes me so happy. Yes. And then, and then and then she goes, oh, don't worry, Your Highness. The sooner you help us with this one, the sooner we win, the sooner you can show off Ablantis again. <laughs> Stuck in a little and, bit of a twofer there for and, you. And pats him on the, uh, on the abs as she says it. I love it. <laughs> long box book reported. So, long box book reported. Yeah. Fuck no, you. Fuck you. Uh, it is uh, Flaming Carrot Comics number 25. And as if Flaming Carrot was not enough, 
We have in this the bonus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, we get Raphael from the. Well, actually, we get all the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but specifically Raphael. Um, we get a, a page that kind of gives the origin of old uh, Flaming Carrot here. What is this Flaming Carrot? Um, it is. This is 100% 80s, 90s indie comic, black and white. Exactly what you would expect. Uh, if you've never read Flaming Carrot, he is basically... Um, actually, I'm surprised Alex doesn't know this because the way he got his powers is he read 5,000 issues of comics straight. <laughs> <laughs> so Alex is actually in danger of becoming the Flaming Carrot. I mean, last year I read 3,300. Exactly, so that's kind of a point. That's a little disappointing that you are now not a Flaming Carrot. <laughs> Um, but, uh, like, like his utility belt is like old band-aid boxes that he's strapped to a belt <laughs> and has like oh, things in amazing. it. Yeah. So like, this is who this character is, right? Yeah. Um, he is just, he's kind of like, uh, kick-ass in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle world. Is kind of who okay. this guy is. Um, uh, yeah, it sounds he like does you ha- actually he does have enjoyed some... this. I, I, I do. No, you have. You must absolutely be in the right mood for this. Mm-hmm. If you are, it's actually fairly enjoyable. Cool. Um, uh, Raphael is. You know, he's with the other turtles and sitting there, and he's trying to like read and do. You know, be Raphael, and they're all getting on his nerves. So he's like, you know what? I'm gonna go out and. Like, I, I, I just got to get out of here for a while. I want to observe people in their natural habitat and learn more about what it means to be an adult, is what he's <laughs> really trying to seek. Um, so he goes out and he's watching. And as he's doing this, he comes across uh, uh, Flaming Carrot breaking up this, this fight between two people um, and starts following Flaming Carrot. And then Flaming Carrot notices that he's being followed and kind of turns the table and uh, kind of leads Raphael into an ambush between these. I, I I don't even know what these. I'm guessing they're aliens of some sort because the, all the language they speak is like uh, I, I don't know if they're robots or aliens or what. The, but like it's nonsense. Like abahu nada hu ba ba ba. I'm like I'm like okay. I don't know what this is. <laughs> but there's two of them, and they like pull out these mannequins and are dancing with them. And like, it's, it's just this weird, odd, it's like a doctor who Christmas special. It kind of is, (laughs) but it's like, it's clearly how these, these aliens, whoever they are in, you know, pastime and, you know, spend time with each other or whatever. And, you know, like hanging out at night. Uh, And then they notice, they notice Raphael and knock him out. And then Raphael and the flaming carrot, uh, kind of both get up and escape from this place, and <laughs> Flaming Carrot. He, Raphael doesn't remember who he is, um, but Flaming Carrot's like, "Well, you you look like you could be a superhero sometime. You should you should join me. You should you should be a super a mystery. They call them mystery men. You should be a mystery man with me." And he's like, "Okay." So he gives him. Uh, first of all, he he doesn't give him size. He gives him um, uh, uh, plungers. Yeah, because uh, the sides look like hood ornaments, so those are stupid. Uh, <laughs> so he gives them toilet plungers, and they come up with like this sack over his head with these marks, and he becomes the Dark Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> and he and Flaming Carrot go out and fight some crime, and they're rescue they they rescue kittens from. There's these two guys who are <laughs> fishing in the sewers of New York. 
for the alligators that kids had to flush as kids who are now obviously super alligators in the sewers of New York and they're fishing for them with kittens. <laughs> oh no. And so flaming carrot and I'm sorry, the dark Avenger, not Raphael, uh, save the kittens from these guys and call them stupid and beat them up. And that's kind of the end of the issue. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So like I said, it's just, it's stupid, crazy. But, like, fun, stupid, crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, actually, uh, I did kind of enjoy this. Cool. Now, I have a very important question. Okay. How was the Flaming Carrot's butt? Oh, um, <laughs> you know, to, to, to have such a large Flaming Carrot head, we really don't, I'm trying to think if we even get a shot of his butt anywhere in this. If we do, well, there's. I guess there's one picture. It, I would, I would rate it completely it's average. Clearly not remarkable. It's not remarkable. The fact. No, hold, 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 hold. The fact that a carrot has an average butt, I think, <laughs> is remarkable. Well, it's just his head that's a carrot. Oh, is it's it? not. No, it's yeah. It's not his whole thing. Like literally, he has this giant carrot that is like over oh, his head. I said it was like a carrot. No, with no, hands it's like no. It's, it's like he's like he's like a human body. Yeah, oh. he's like a human body with just a okay, big wait. carrot head. Oh. Isn't there a meme of a carrot that's like trying to seduce you? I'm now going to find this. <laughs> a carrot can have a good butt. I mean, find it. It can be our show art. I am looking now. So, but, uh, yeah. And you know what? It, like I said, quite enjoyable. It was fun. Cool. Yeah. This is Dark Horse Do Comics, not? if anybody hears. We will settle who has the next long box off the air. We will. Because. No one will have it next week, most likely. Well, maybe. We'll, yeah, we've talked about maybe a long, bo- a version of the long we'll box see. for the live show. We'll see. Yeah. It may be a function of time because we it only might have an be. hour, right? Um, we'll settle we off air. Who comes back in our next regular episode with the long box? Someone will have it. I'm hoping Jen. Yeah. Um, it'll have to be either Jen or me. Yeah. I mean, the box lives at her house. It's easier for it to be her. Um. <laughs> Something something rocks, something something hounds, something something relics. Something something Lemon Street, Ackworth, Georgia. Yes. On the weekends. Yep. Do all of that. Put all that together and maybe you can solve the mystery. Yes. We really nailed that one. <laughs> all right. So uh yeah, next weekend is our live show, five thirty on Saturday at Momo. May twenty sixth. Yes. Saturday. 5.30 at Momocon, which is the Georgia World Congress Center in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We will be there, and we hope that you will be there as well. Indeed. Especially if you live in the area. That would be very cool. Uh, otherwise, we'll feel silly podcasting to an empty room. Eh, you know. We, we felt sillier, so that's okay. <laughs> this is true. I mean, I will be there in spirits. I can't get to Atlanta this weekend. I mean, we, we know we'll have at least as many people as we usually have when we record. How's that? <laughs> this is true. There you go. <laughs> and they're less likely to bark. <laughs> no, no, you're right. You're absolutely this right. This is yes. a valid point. <laughs> uh, and then we will be back with a normal episode the following week. I think with all three of us, as usual. I think so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, thank you for joining us yes, today. Hey, yeah. oh, you took you. that segue perfectly. High five. <laughs> Thank you. It's you high five me without punching your mic. High five again. <laughs> <laughs> we cel- we celebrate the little things here. <laughs> yeah. Yes, thank you. Thanks for joining us. Would you Absolutely. like to promote podcasts? 
Uh, sure. Um, actually, yes, I just, Judgy Book Covers will be coming out tomorrow, which is the day before this episode's release, and we talk Star Wars. Uh, we read Bloodline, so go listen to me, Stephanie, and our guest, Olivia, talk about the six years before The Force Awakens. Nice. Awesome. And how it strangely is a prophetic book for politics nowadays. Yay! Yay! <laughs> and just to point out, that was Alex doing all that bumping and thumping, not me. Thank you very much. That was me. Mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa, mea maxima, maxima culpa. <laughs> and other Sweeney Todd lyrics. There you go. There you go. Uh, all right. Well, our... I don't have to say the thing about the theme song. I haven't had nope. to say that for a while. Opening the notes back up. We'd like to thank Chase Parker for our intro voiceover. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, and whatever podcasting device you like. Probably, if we're not, let us know, and we will be there. Uh, if you have not rated and reviewed us on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. Appreciate it. And appreciate it. Whichever you prefer. All of those. Yes. Uh, we'd really appreciate it if you did that. That helps us out a lot. And if you have done that, share us with a friend or an enemy or a complete and total stranger who you think might like us. It's a great <laughs> icebreaker at parties. Hey, have you heard these chuckle fucks say inappropriate things about comic book characters' cloacas? It's like you've gone to all my parties with me. <laughs> I want to go to those parties. <laughs> with or without the strip karaoke? Ooh, hey. <laughs> It's a whole different issue. <laughs> that is the only thing that might make me actually go to karaoke. <laughs> uh, after we're done, I need to know what the rules of strip karaoke are. <laughs> uh, if you would like to support us in a monetary way, then you can do so at, at patreon.com slash panelology. Mm-hmm. Megan has done that. Thank you. Yeah, thank that. you very much. You're You're to send you a shot glass there at Jen's, so it'll be when she gets back in town. <laughs> Uh, and yeah come see us at momocon don't forget if you want to send us a question whether you're there or not you can do that at panelologypodcast.com slash questions if you will be there just let us know in the text of your question that you will be there yeah uh i think that's it i think that's everything i'm alex i'm brian and i'm megan bye everybody (laughs) 